This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. I don't know why I started singing that. Welcome to the MMA Takes Podcast. Your boy's feeling better. Okay, last week's last week's show, little under the wet day. Uh, feeling good. Was it COVID? Was it not COVID? Eh. Um, we'll talk about that at another time. Not, not to be discussed right now. However, uh, I'm feeling good. Listen, had a had a horrible gambling weekend, but I d- destroyed. The pick em against uh, Big Mouth Tejada there. Oh, as you guys know him, you guys know him as the lovely Devin Tejada who comes on and does the pick with me. What you don't know is he runs his mouth a lot. And your boy, yeah, your boy ought to put him in his place. And I did. And I did. I shut him up for good. I beat him on the year. Uh, you know, we do every pay-per-view Devin and I do. And, uh, you know, I'm a math guy. So I added it up. Boop, 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 boop. Destroyed him. Crutch his soul. Dunzo. Um, yeah, we got a lot to get to. I feel like I haven't, you know, because the last time I talked to you was the pick'em that was with Devin. Usually I don't go on my little, oh, I just pressed the button there. Uh, usually I don't go on my little rants, you know, like I do. But, you know, I got some shit to talk about, okay? Uh, love the new setup of the office. As you guys know, I've rearranged it about 50 times. Even though I had a horrible betting weekend, which we'll get to recap the entire show. It was an amazing UFC 256. I loved every fight. Besides maybe one or two, right? Let me just... Yeah, I pretty much loved every fight. I, I really, really enjoyed every fight. Yeah, every fight. I loved every fight. Um, there was like a story that came out of every fight, in my opinion. Anyway, um, I need to lower the TV, okay? So I still have some things to do. And then with my new camera, it's a little bit of wide field of view. So I got to put up shelves behind me. I had these shelves with a lot of cool little knickknacks. I want them on camera. So yesterday... Classic me after the after some of the the Bengals game after some of the NFL games I go you know what I'm gonna move around some of the stuff so so things are on camera and blah 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 and so I go around I get everything I get my screws I get my uh, level I get my I have two drills I get one drill to drill you know whatever and I couldn't find my other drill I needed the two drills I had the bid in it and I w- I turn up the house right my wife's feeding our daughter our newborn. I make her get up, walk around the house, go, where is it? You did it. You hit it. You put it somewhere. It was sitting right here, you know? And, of course, I'm blaming her. Like, it's her fucking fault. And then uh, I mean, we looked everywhere. I literally gave up, went and got dinner, uh, came back after dinner. I'm like, I can't. I'm not going to sleep unless I find it. Check the garage. Check the our downstairs. Check the I mean, check every fucking where, right? My daughter was helping me. I said, Winnie. This is what it looks like. Find this for daddy. Okay. She crawled under things. Like, oh, maybe it fell under. Couldn't find the fucking thing. So, of course, I'm blaming the wife. I'm blaming everything. I'm blaming everybody. By this point, it's like 9, 10 o'clock at night. I don't want to hang shit anymore, right? It's getting late. Daddy's got to work. I go downstairs. One last dis effort. I switch over the laundry. It's sitting right on top of like this, like where we put our coats in, in the laundry room or whatever. It's sitting right on top of that. And it was 100% my fault because I used it to fix the, the garage door. I had to redo the hinges. And I vividly remember putting it there. So, uh, yeah, that was pretty embarrassing. But I think every husband has done that. They blame their wives. What'd you do with it? Where'd you put it? And it's, it ends up being their fault. So that was a little embarrassing last night. My wife rarely listens to the podcast. But if she does listen to this, I'm sorry. I think I've already apologized. But, you know, it is what it is. And then, uh, you know, on a, on a, let's see, on a little more sour note, I uh, I opened up to you guys, okay? This is a trust tree. I opened up to you guys a couple weeks ago about my addiction to buying headphones. I've had the podcast for two and a half years now, and I've had, you know, I counted six headphones. These are my sixth pair. I absolutely love these pair, these Sonys. I don't think I'll ever find another pair that I like as much as this because my head's so fucking big and fat. They sound great. They're comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You also know I'm an Apple fuckboy. Okay? Apple put something out. Apple could fart in a bag, charge $100 for it. I'm going to need that fart. That's just the way it is. I'm 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 real. I'm not going to bullshit you. That's the truth. Um, And they go on. And I had the Apple AirPods. I use those at work for the podcast and stuff. I put them in my ear. Go throughout the day. Don't even know they're there. Love those. 
have two Apple computers, iPhone. Well, we're an Apple family, right? They release over-the-ear headphones. Over-the-ear headphones. AirPod Max, $550. And I saw the thing. I saw it on Twitter, actually, first. And then I saw, I saw the videos. It was like an introduction video coming out tomorrow. The 15th is when they release. And uh, I was intrigued, right? I've been waiting for an over-the-ear headphones. Like the way they look, coming in a multitude of colors. And I went, Brian, you don't need them. $550, a lot of money. They they better cure deafness for people. Deaf people should be able to buy these headphones and be able to hear music for $550. I'm telling myself, don't do it, don't do it. But then something came over me like, you know what? You're flush with gambling winnings from the weekend prior. Christmas gifts are on the way. You're going to get them. You got to know who you are sometimes. And that's who I am. I'm I'm a fucking Apple fuck bitch boy. Whatever you want to call me. They put out something. I'm going to want it. And especially something that I love like headphones. And then I go, okay, well, you know what, Brian? And I'm sitting there and I go, well, I might as well order them now. Because they're going to sell out. And then when they're sold out, sold out, and you have 12, 14 weeks or whatever it is to wait for them, you're going to be kicking yourself because you got to know who you are. So literally, and I'm not making this up, as I'm on Apple's website debating which ones to get, right? Um, obviously, it's done in two colors, the black and the silver. And I'm, and I'm really having a hard time with this with myself. I'm going, Brian, you don't fucking need it. But then the other side's like, yeah, you do. You fucking cocksucker. Do it. I get an email from Dante Harris, my guy at Sweetwater. He goes, hey, Brian, I know we've talked essentially about headphones. I know you're an Apple guy. Just got an email from Apple. We're getting a very small shipment in. We're one of their authorized retailers, so we're getting a very small shipment in of these Apple headphones. You're my first guy I'm emailing. I know you're an Apple guy. You're a headphone guy. They're pricey. Let me know if you want to get a pair. And I went, uh, yeah, <laughs> go, go and mark me down. I said, give me... The black pair, but if the silver pair, whatever comes first, because they're getting a small shipment, I don't care. Rope up the order, put it on the game, charge it to the game, baby. And uh, he told me they're going to come, you know, probably the end of this month. You know, they don't get you because they release tomorrow. They'll get their shipment in either this week or next week. Christmas might delay it, but uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, again, know who you are, and that's who I am. I might fucking hate them because here's the thing. The headphones I have on right now, I love these fucking things. I, I, I won't sell these, right? Even if I love the Apple ones, see, I can't say that because maybe I will sell them. But these headphones are unreal, these Sonys I got on. I'm telling you, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. And these Apple headphones have to live up to the hype. The only problem is, is I'm so into the Apple, Apple ecosystem that it's so easy to use Apple products all simultaneously with each other. I mean, I got Apple TVs in every fucking room in the house. I got... Two computers. Everyone in my house has an iPhone. Like <laughs> iPads. My my you know Santa Claus. I got to whisper because she might be at the door. Santa Claus just got my daughter a new iPhone or a new iPad. So we're we're hooked in. There's no getting out now, and they and they just keep grinding the gears a little bit. Hold on, I've been talking shit to Devin. Let's see what he says. Uh, there you go. That was just my boy Tim. We got a good pick 'em this week. Me, Tim, and Devin this week. Final pick 'em of the year. Uh, but before we get to the fights, I still got a couple things to do. So I got blocked again on Twitter, and I think it's such a little bitch move to block anybody, if, in my personal opinion. I, I don't care how how big I get on MMA Twitter. I don't care if I have multiple thousand people. A guy could literally write to me every day, I hope you die, fuck you, all this stuff. I'll never block him. It's, it's, it's just weakness. It's just showing... Like Luke Thomas blocked me. So there's this guy, Bertino Depot or whatever. He has Mike Goldberg as his, his his avi. And he always shares little clips of Brendan Schaub or Tito Ortiz just saying something really idiotic, right? Or Joe Rogan every once in a while. And I I don't hate Schaub. I don't love Schaub, right? But I have noticed lately that his MMA content, which is what he's only making money on right now. He's not making money on stand-up. His MMA content is forced like he's not into it and he had this and th this guy on twitter barracino depot shared a clip of a brendan with a huge flub and i just commented dude what the and i retweeted it tagged shop in it get blocked 
And I was like, that's so soft because this guy's little bit, what he does is he wants to make fun of Shab. He wants to make fun of these guys, but you don't, you can't tag any of them in it, right? He wants to do it in the shadows. And so he blocked me. And then my buddy like sent me and was busting my balls. It says literally in his profile, hey, don't tag anybody that I do the videos on or whatever. Like, and so that's that one retweet since he blocked me, I still kept, I still can comment on that. So I don't know if you've seen it. So I commented like two or three times about how soft that's such a bitch move. So you're going to have a whole social media account dedicated to making fun of somebody. Never let hoping they never see it. Right. And then when someone brings it to their attention, you block that person. You know what I mean? Like that's just such a little bitch coward move. He has since unblocked me. Um, I don't, again, I don't know if he, if he, if he, if he got what I said or whatever, or maybe he was just like, Oh, whatever. doesn't matter. That's just a coward move to me. I think that's such a little, like if you're going to say something to somebody, you say it to the face. If I ever met Brandon Schaub, we'll have an argument or we'll discuss. Like I'm going to say, like if he ever asked me like, Oh, have you ever talked shit about me? You fuck right. I have sometimes you're a clown. Right. And I think his career is really fading hard. I mean, who listens to fighting the kid anymore with Brian Callen out there? Rogan's in, in, in Texas. So Schaub's on a Rogan once or twice a week, you know, especially with that Spotify deal. That was huge eyes on Brendan. He's not a good stand-up comedian. He's not very funny. Those two dudes that they have on the fighter and the kid that have, were supposed to replace Brian Callen, they have no chemistry. The fighter and the kid itself, the podcast itself, wasn't that great. They stopped talking about fighting. They just start rambling on. It was like a conversation. But him and Callen, I like Callen more than Shab. Him and Callen had a nice little chemistry together, right? These new guys, they don't have any chemistry. It's 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 terrible. I can't even imagine what their downloads are. I think it's uh, I think it's sad, but yeah, for this guy to block me, you're making fun of somebody, and then like you know someone goes and tags him in it. Like I, I don't know your fucking rules. I was agreeing with you that Shab sounded like a goddamn idiot in this, but I don't follow your rules. And you block, yeah, fucking pussy. You know what I mean? He has since unblocked me, but I'm about to block him. Like fuck you. Even though I just said I wouldn't block anybody, I might just do it in principle. So that's two people that blocked me. And and again, I'm not a guy that comes at you. I'm not gonna sit there. And fucking troll you and say all this negative shit and, and all. I'm not going to do that. It's just not, it's not, not me. I'm going to respond to you with hopefully an intelligent argument and a debate. I might disagree with you. But if you can't handle that, then get off Twitter. You're, you're a little fucking soft. Soft like tissue paper. All right. Speaking about soft, I had a confrontation at work today. And this is relevant because I haven't had one in a while. Confrontation with another man, not, at, not someone I work with. So... <clears throat> As you know, I, I work at a, a delivery company and I, I pull up to these medical office buildings. There's a little ramp up there and they have signs and I'm in a, I'm in a, uh, a rental. I don't have my actual truck. I'm in a U-Haul. So I pull up, right? It's my last stop. There's these signs that say no delivery trucks, right? As I pull up though, I've seen these signs. I go to this building two, three times a week, right? Um, FedEx is up there already, right? FedEx is right there. I don't work for FedEx, so rule that one out that's just parked there on the left the guy's in the back he's um <clears throat> sorting packages and whatnot so he's been there obviously a little bit i pull straight up get out of the car this guy bolts out of the building that i wasn't even going to there's three buildings i'm going to the building in the middle I'm not even going to the one he comes out he goes hey yo do you see the sign it said no delivery trucks and i look at the fedex guy the fedex guy looks at me and we kind of like the spider-man meme where everyone's pointing at each other i go yeah, I mean, I'm. Yeah, I saw that. I just have a quick delivery, guys. Yeah, but you know, you got you got to get off. You got to get off the the ramp or whatever. I said, okay, but did you did you talk to that guy? He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna talk to him. I'm gonna talk to him. I was like, well, he's been here longer than I have. I got literally have this tote that I got to bring downstairs. Like, it's gonna take me three minutes. I mean, he's been here probably longer than that. And the guy gets really frustrated. And he goes, listen, he's here every day. I was like, oh, so since he's here every day, he can park up here, but I can't. When I'm here like three, four times a week. Is that what you're saying? Like, so, so those signs really mean no delivery trucks unless you come here every day. This guy, I've never seen him before. And I've been delivering to this company or this, these buildings for a while now. Clearly first week on the job, maybe even first date on the job. Because very flustered by my questioning. I wasn't angry, really. I was being a little smart assy, I guess. And he just like, he literally just, oh, oh, oh. Just don't do it again. And he walked away. So it really wasn't a good conversation, but I, I, I like I like putting him in his place. And I put that motherfucker in his place. All right. 
256, baby. So, five and six on my picks. I beat Devin three to one. Crushed his fucking soul, baby. Horrible gambling week for me. The only bet I hit was Gavin Tucker. He was my underdog lock. Missed all my props. Missed the slime ball. Um, Jock Ray lost. Dern won. Figure out a push. So that sucked. Lost my underdog parlay like immediately. <clears throat> Moicano got knocked out. Who else did I have on there? Um, Moicano Swanson. Swanson won. Um, and then did I have Barrett? Maybe not Barrett. Um, I can't remember exactly. But rough rough gambling night, right? I don't know if I... I, I want to say I didn't break even. I want to say I actually lost money on this week. I haven't really done the the actual proper figures, but I would assume so. I went, yeah, I had to have lost money, even though I bet Gavin Tucker straight up. I had him in another way too that lost. I went heavy on Gavin. I went heavy on my slime bar, and then I sprinkled props and I sprinkled the um, the underdog parlay. But yeah, I think I went really heavy on on the slime ball. So three units and three units on Tucker. So yeah, I think I pretty much broke even, but I end up losing a couple of dollars as well. I, I really need to do the math. I once I once these all these chips start falling for me, I kind of checked out. I'm like, fuck, dude, I'm losing. I'm losing bad here. But let's start with an apology, okay? I have an apology to make to someone who probably listens to this show, even though his first language is not English. Brandon Moreno. Um, I said on the podcast with Devin that I don't think you're very good. I said I don't think you have really impressed me. I don't think you've fought all that great of competition. You've been cut from the UFC. You've lost to some people. I think you should have beat. I apologize, right? I I humbly apologize. I think he is a dog. I think he has another level of toughness that a lot of fighters just don't have. They simply don't have it. I think his skills are improving. He's gotten so much better from the Ultimate Fighter to even early UFC days till every fight seems like he's getting better. His grappling's really good. His wrestling, he's strong in there. He's fairly big for 125 compared. I mean, Devison's huge, but... Moreno's a good-sized guy for 125. His stand-up's coming a long way. His jab's really good. His left hand's really active. And just the heart and toughness on this kid. So I want to apologize. I got this wrong. Obviously, I picked Figueredo. It was a great fight. Amazing fight. Fight of the year candidate. But I did say some shit to, about Moreno on the podcast. How I did. I, I really did think Figueredo was going to walk through him. That was my honest opinion. I told people that. I gave that pick out. Um, and then I also just said on the podcast, I just think Moreno's that good. <clears throat> I humbly apologize. Now this fight was absolutely bananas. I loved it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, that was a big one. I, I, I hit the mute button. So you didn't hear it. Ah, get a nice little drink there. All right. <clears throat> Apologies. Throat is not cooperating when I talk fights. Anyway, let's go. Brandon Moreno, Devison Figueroa, amazing fight. Both guys got four stars. My star system is sweeping the nation, guys. Okay, it's sweeping the fucking nation. Four stars. The winner would have got five. Both these guys could have got five. Let's just be honest with you. But four star night for both guys. Fight of the year, Cannon. I still probably go Wally Jana. Joanna is my fight of the year, but this fight was amazing. Devison apparently had a stomach problem the night before. They're both coming a really quick turnaround. They both won at this fight. Devison was marching forward in that first round and just throwing fucking everything into it. Moreno took it. Hard body shots, hard shots to the head. He bounced a head kick off his head. Then Moreno starts slowly taking over, and I know a lot of people have a problem with the commentary. I don't think Devison really slowed down. Obviously, they both slowed down. I don't think Devison was gassed at all. Um, or when Moreno would have take, took him down the times he did, he would have just laid there and really rest. He always scrambled back up to his feet. Devinson's a fucking tank, dude. He's a big, strong dude. He's not afraid of anybody in there. He comes at you, and he's swinging. He'll take a shot to give a shot. Moreno buzzed him a few times. There was a head kick that buzzed him. There's a couple left hands I got through. Some of it was maybe a little off balance, but there was definitely some times when Moreno buzzed him a little bit. Moreno took him down, which I didn't think he would be able to do. Um, and he and he held position pretty well. Obviously, Devison popped right back up. Not a lot of submission uh, attempts in this fight because both guys were respectful of each other's games. Moreno, when he came into the UFC, when he was early in the UFC, that was his game, get you down and 
outscramble you, maybe even submit you as well. Um, he's a jiu-jitsu black belt, I believe. I, I don't know who his trainer is. But, yeah, this fight was was off the charts. I mean, both guys are warriors. Davison obviously went through that stomach thing. It was a draw. A lot of people were upset. There were some points taken away. There was an eye poke, a couple nut shots. And that just proves how tough Moreno is. He got poked in the eye after already getting punched in the eye. A little bit of, uh, looked like orbital damage. I don't know if his orbital is broken or not. No one has came, came out and said reports. But definitely some eye damage. And then kicked in the nuts where it looked like he was throwing up a ball. He literally, I thought he's got puke his fucking nuts out of his mouth. Gets up and starts fighting, right? Took, took, I don't even know if he took the whole five minutes. Unreal stuff. I thought the fight might have been over at that point. Um, Moreno is as tough as they come, though. And this is one of those fights where I think both guys won. Obviously, Devinson gets to go around and, and he gets to keep his title, right? Doesn't really get a defense, but doesn't get a loss. And, uh, and a lot of people, I mean, obviously, if you look at the judges, the judges would have given Devinson the fight if he didn't get the point deducted. I agree with the point deduction. It was uh, it, it impacted the fight, kicked him really hard in the nuts. Didn't know Brandon was going to be able to recover. We have seen fights stop because of nut shots before. The eye poke before that. It's a championship fight. Everything matters. Control your weapons. And, uh, yeah, I, I 100% agree with the, the point deduction. Uh, made the fight a little wonky. I know a lot of people had Devinson winning. I know Devin. Devin Tejada, he's going to release his own website where he has his own rankings. And he has his own records. Um, like, Yoel Romero will be undefeated. Yoel's never lost. And, like, Mike Perry is, is beating a bunch of people as well. And <clears throat> Stay tuned for that. It's going to be uh, probably uh, TejadaRecords.com. Something like that. We'll, we'll get him on here. We'll have him talk about it. This fight, though, I thought was, you know, I really got to go back. I just enjoy the fight. So it's really hard. It's such a good fight for me to score it. I thought, obviously, Devinson won the earlier rounds. I thought Brandon looked really good later in the later in the fight. Um, I'm, I'm okay with the draw because they're going to run it back. These are the, the flyweight needs guys like these to have a trilogy. Cause no matter who wins the second fight, they're going to have a third fight. Both these guys are always going to deliver action pack fights or just bred for each other. They're competitive. They want to fight. Moreno's been wanting to fight Devinson forever. Not many other people want to fight Devinson. Only the reason they want to fight him is because he got the belt before that. No one really wants to fight him because he was such a fucking savage. Uh, awesome fight. Four stars from both. I love that fight. Um, and both guys super impressed I me. Mean, F- Figueroa has already impressed me, but Moreno really impressed me considering of everything I said about him. And again, I apologize. And and then come, you know, if you if you watch <clears throat> Devin Savera fight, and then you watch Petro Jan, who hasn't beat Aljo yet, but you know when the, or or hasn't fought Aljo, that I actually think Aljo is going to beat Jan. You got a lot of interesting guys. Cody Garbrandt. <clears throat> of all people, said a, a really profound thing on Twitter, and I should find it. There's another guy who followed me on Twitter, and he was like a capper. He followed me and was like, hey, man, love the show. And then he stopped following me. And, uh, like, he, you know, he, it's a little scumbag move. You know what I mean? Here it is right here. Now, I don't think I tweeted this out. I don't think Cody wrote this. I love Cody, but I don't think he wrote this. Your legacy will be written as a coward who stepped down in the prime. In his prime and his biggest fights are ahead. No king steps down the, in their prime. There's no honor in that. The self-proclaimed king is weak and since the decline as the vision rose. Well, he, should, he put rise with the, should have said division rose. Long live the coward. So I actually agree with him. There's no reason for Henry. I mean, yeah, he accomplished everything. I get it. Doesn't want to take the brain damage. I understand that. But if you're out, get out. You're wanting to fight the Paul brother. Like, you're challenging everybody. Every weekend, you're challenging someone to a fight. Now, you said it wasn't because of money. Obviously, it's because of money. You're probably playing your hand pretty smart here. Because if Devison goes out and stops Moreno twice, and there's no one for him to fight, and Petra or Aljo just, they run away with division. There's no one to fight. You got to step up, and then you're going to get a big, big payday. But... Devin's Figueroa and and and, and uh, Henry Cejudo is a banger of a fight. Henry Cejudo, Aljo slash Petrion is a banger of a fight. There's a lot of fucking fights out there. Cody Garbrandt is challenging the fight, which I mean, I, I don't, I'm not super interested in that because if Cejudo comes back, it has to be because of fucking a title. I mean, what are you talking about? But uh, yeah, love that fight. Love, love the main event. Awesome fight. Definitely top three fight of the year for me. Joanna Whaley, this one, and then Hooker Poirier, I think. I might be forgetting one, but um, those are the three that are coming to my mind right now. All right, co-main event was Charles Oliveira versus Tony Ferguson. Another fight I got dead wrong. 
Um, I wrote down what I thought Devin was going to pick. I thought he was going to have Oliveira as his lock, and he picked Tony Ferguson, which actually surprised me. I flirted with Oliveira all week, but the problem is, is I didn't listen to my own advice. When I hear handy, other handicappers break down fighters, they always reference three, four years ago. Well, three, four years ago, he threw this kick and broke his foot, so I think his foot's pretty weak, or whatever it is, right? That's an exaggeration, but a lot of cappers sometimes don't take into account that fighters get better. Fighters, obviously, when they're at the tail end of their career, they can get worse, too. But a lot of times when you're a young fighter, you get better. Now, Charles Oliveira has quit before. I've seen him get roughed up. I've seen him quit in the octagon. I held that against him. I thought, okay, that was many years ago. Three, four years ago was the last time I guess he technically quit. Um, and I thought Tony was going to break him. That's what I said. I think a lot of people like Tony in this fight as well, liked him in this spot. I saw a lot of people taking Oliveira. Um, and I didn't take my own advice. People changed. Oliver was a young man. He looked big. He looked in shape. He looked ready to go, and he took it to Tony Ferguson like no one's done before. I think this fight squashed what would happen if Khabib fought Tony. I always was on the Khabib side of that. Of course, I wanted to watch the fight happen. There was some bad blood. They were the two best 155ers at the time. I just thought Khabib was going to squash Tony. Tony has came out and has said numerous times, I'm the best wrestler Khabib has fought. I'll take the fight down if I want to. If I don't want it, I'll keep it up. I've never seen Tony with great wrestling. I know he's got a good wrestling background. I, Grand Valley State or whatever whatever he wrestled at. I know he's got a good wrestling background, but Olivero has a great body lock. Took him down, controlled him. Took him down like whenever he wanted. Like Tony had no answer um, when it went to the ground. Olivero is so sticky and good on the ground that Tony couldn't just scramble up like a crazy madman like he did when he would when he would hit the ground before, like against a Kevin Lee or an Anthony Pettis or even Orlando Venado when he got dropped um, because he's, he, he had to watch his fucking neck. I mean, he got his arm popped, definitely. I don't think he got it broke. There's capsules in your elbow that pop first before you before your elbow goes. So Tony seems like a pretty bendy, flexible guy. He's a fucking alien. Those capsules in his elbows broke. He's definitely, definitely going to have an elbow problem for a little bit. Is it going to be... Like a serious elbow injury where he needs surgery, I don't know. It looked pretty bad. They, the Charles Oliveira, I think, shared that picture. It was pretty fucking bent. So props to Tony Ferguson. As 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 far as the fight, obviously I missed this one. I handicapped it wrong. I I, I had Tony in, in, in I had Tony winning the fight. He was actually my sent him home. I thought he was going to stop Charles Oliveira. Completely misread this fight. I gave t- Tony a two. I gave Oliveira a four, almost a five, but a five would have been a finish. But Oliveira looks good, man. He looked really good. His striking was sharp. His kicks were sharp. His punches were good. He uh, shut Tony down. Tony's so awkward and unorthodox. He constantly switching stances. He tore up Tony's leg, which kind of makes him want to switch stances more, which I know he's comfortable with, but it also kind of throws his rhythm off because his rhythm is not a rhythm, right? You know what I mean? So when you when you kick his leg and you go, okay, I'm going to make you go southpaw now, and you can't bounce back and forth because every time you switch, I'm going to fucking tear that leg up. That fucks his unrhythm up. And I know that's not a word, but you know what I mean. Tony just didn't see himself in there. He didn't seem confident. He looked old to me, too. I know he's a little bit older. Um, and I, I just don't want to... He just looked old. Like, he looked in good shape, right? He looked in he looked in great shape, phenomenal shape. But I don't know if it was the head, the head shave or what. He just appeared a little old in there for me. And uh, Oliveira just, just beat him everywhere. You know, this is a fight that DC came out and said on the, on the aerial show today that if they would have made this... You know, however many fights ago, he thought Oliver just matched up really well with Tony Ferguson. Maybe he's right. We haven't seen Tony fight like a pure jiu-jitsu guy who is lights out on the ground like Oliver. I mean, we, we just have it. Tony looked okay on the ground. He didn't look uh, fantastic. He avoided submissions. That arm bar was deep. He hearted it out and didn't tap because he's a fucking stud. I, I, wonder, I wonder what happened if, uh, if that lasted, um, if that was like in the middle of the round. What would have happened? I don't know. Would they have called it because his elbow is fucking behind him or whatever um and then just after the elbow after the arm bar in the first round he just kind of played it safe on the ground he was trying to bridge up he was trying to scramble there's some awkward positions but he just really couldn't do much Oliveira was a step ahead a quick quickly ahead and 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 it seemed like he had the strength advantage as well like you know Oliveira's is a guy who for a while was like let me go back to 145 let me go back to 145 finally filling out at 155 and looked really good um, his striking is coming a long way. And this is a guy, you know, he barely got touched in there against Tony Ferguson. This is a guy who, listen, um, at, the, at UFC uh, 155, what is he exactly ranked? 
So he's ranked seventh. I gotta imagine he's gonna go up. I mean, you got he's gotta leapfrog Tony at this point. He's gotta leapfrog Connor. Connor's one win at one fifty five. I mean, he's fighting Poirier. So if he beats Poirier, let him jump up. But if you're if you're um, if you're uh, Charles Oliveira, Rafael dos Anjos sounds like a great fucking name for you. Dan Hooker. I love the Gaethje fight. I love the Michael Chandler fight. Uh, Islam Makachev would be a, an amazing fight for him to fight, um, even though that's taking a step back in the rankings. There's a lot of interesting fights all over at 155, and uh, I think it's a tough matchup. As far as Tony, obviously you can't count the guy out. He's a fucking wild man. I don't know if he's done. I just feel like he hasn't evolved. He fired all his coaches, or maybe not fired them, but he had all new cornermen. Eddie Bravo wasn't with them. His striking coach wasn't with him. After the Gagey fight, he kind of cleaned house, which I guess is a smart thing to do. But he's still running his own camps, right? He's still doing the funky shit that Tony does, the Wing Chun fucking dummies with the wood boards and kicking steel pipes and shit like that. Like, he's still doing that stuff. He's a cardio freak. He's he's a weird dude. He's, an, he's, a, he's a hell of an athlete. I think you definitely can't cut him. I don't think he's done yet. I think he's worth the money because he's going to bring you exciting fights. I think you put him in there with someone like a... Like, you know, everyone wants to see Dustin Poirier fight Ferguson. I think Ferguson fights the winner or the loser of Connor Justin or Connor uh, Dustin, excuse me. He's already got his ass kicked by Justin. I think Justin Chandler's good. I think Dan Hooker's a good uh, fight for him. Rematch with Dos Anjos is, is a good pay per view down the line as well. Um, there's a lot, lot to be had. And Tony could even pop up to 170 if he wanted to. He won the Ultimate Fighter at 170. He's a little older, though. He's a little weathered. Um, this wasn't a great performance with him. I'm not going to write him off right now. I think I did say, like, this is really going to determine if he's washed or not. I don't really know if he's washed or if Olivera is that good, right? So I got to see him against maybe lesser competition, a guy he probably should beat, and we'll see, we'll go from there. All right, Mackenzie Dern versus Vima Jenneroba. This got moved up from uh, cancellation. My girl, Mackenzie Dern. Oh, sweet Mackenzie Dern. Looked pretty good. This is a stand-up fight. Uh, Devin, had, <clears throat> Devin, excuse me, Devin had Vima winning. Uh I thought he's crazy when I first watched it. I thought Dern won every round besides maybe the the, the second there. I, thought I had her winning one and three. Uh, the second was close. Some guys online agree with Devin, so I take back my criticism of him. Um, but I thought Mackenzie Dern looked good against a really tough opponent. This was uh, someone that you went out there and you had to show your showcase your stand-up with, and, and, and Vima's a, a big, thick, uh, well, maybe not big, but she's thick for 115, strong woman, Really good jiu-jitsu. They didn't really get to play the jiu-jitsu game all that much. Vima did take McKenzie down and kind of stalemated a little bit. And I think McKenzie ended the fight on top. Uh, McKenzie's stand-up looked a little more confident. Perillo's a really good boxing coach for MMA. She got her nose broke, kind of freaked out. Perillo calmed her down in the corner. I thought she looked great. I, th- I, th- I thought she looked really in shape. I thought her cardio was through the roof, which is Always been a knock on Mackenzie Dern was she doesn't take it seriously. Her cardio is not great. I think pairing, I think being a mother, pairing with Perillo and really coming in shape all year round now and uh, working it in uh, her, her stand-up look never had looked better. 115 is the weight class for her for sure. Don't want to see her 125 anymore. She didn't look all that big in there at 115. I think she's that's her perfect weight class. Vima, again, some people had her winning. I thought she showed out. She's 16-2. and two. She fought a very highly ranked uh, and very, you know, a popular fighter. I think that her stock only rises from here. She showed some really toughness. She got buzzed a little bit in there. Her stand-up needs a long way to go, and and, and I wish she would have grappled a little more, maybe took some chances, but uh, Mackenzie Dern is lights out. So Mackenzie Dern, to me, she got a three, and Vima got a one. Again, I do this on the fly. I can't change it for anyone, and I'm not gonna, but let's just say I could. I probably would have boosted Vima up a little bit. Literally, I do these right after the fight happens on fight night. Um, so that's past Brian, okay? I don't know what past Brian's thinking, okay? But that's what's written down. So suck a butt. All right, next up, Kevin Holland versus Shocker Ray. So it was an awesome knockout. This is one of the things. I'm not a Kevin Holland guy. I'm not. I'm admittedly not. I think he is a little overrated, if I'm being honest with you. I love his confidence. I love his personality. I picked Jock Ray to win this fight. I had money on Jock Ray. I thought the minute the fight hits the ground, Jock Ray was going to be on a different level. So this is what I love, right? First off, Kevin Holland got a four. Jock Ray got a one. And the one was from bitterness, but I will explain that. So the minute it went to the ground, Kevin Holland had this disadvantage, right? Jock Ray is, is world-class on the ground. Everyone knows that. Instead of freaking out, instead of going, I'm on the ground with Jock Ray, Holy shit, let me just try to hold on 
get up, right? Instead of that, Kevin Holland goes, no, 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 no. I have jujitsu too. Threw up triangles, threw up arm bars, threw up chokes. He might not have been close on any of these, but he was going for it. He was with Jacare Souza. He doesn't give a fuck. I'm going for it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not nearly the level of black belt if Kevin Holland even is a black belt. I know Travis Luter is. Yeah, he is a black belt. Travis Luter is his coach. I'm not even the level of Jock Ray, black belt wise. But I'm throwing shit up, and guess what? It worked because he was spot, He was he was uh, unpredictable, and Jock Ray had to really keep mind his piece and cues. Imagine if Jock Ray got submitted down there. That embarrassing. And then when the fight did hit the ground, Jock Ray did fuck all. He was too patient. He was worried about positioning because Kevin was being so active. And then one of the greatest knockouts ever. The elbows earlier where he was in a triangle that Jacare got out of. He landed some big flush elbows right in the forehead. Then they start scrambling again. And then Kevin Holland just so long, he literally like scissor kicked up and threw a punch that buzzed Jacare, threw another one. And it was one of the sickest knockouts. One of my knockouts of the year for sure. I loved it. Kevin Holland got a four. Jacare got a one. Kevin Holland, again, conversation in the fight of the year. Five and no, even though he hasn't fought the best competition, the personality, the fact that he wants to fight again this weekend, and uh, the fact that he could be a star. He's exciting. He knocked out Buckley, who ended up being, who's, who's two and oh in the UFC right now, or two and one in the UFC currently. Knocked out Jacare Souza while putting up a really good fight on, on, on the ground, which no one thought would happen. A lot of people like Jacare in that spot, including myself. Kevin Holland fells an underdog at one point. Um, and Jacare, he gets a one because, listen, this is a guy who should have taken this fight to the ground and should have buzzsawed through Kevin Holland and just did it. And I don't know if he underestimated Kevin Holland's skills. This fight came together kind of last minute. Um, but, listen, when you're 40-41 and you look that stiff, and that out of place and just kind of like, what is this guy doing? Like, why is he going for triangles on me? Like, does he know who I am? It was like almost he was shocked. And he did he couldn't get his offense on. And, and it was very surprising. Kevin Holland is a fucking stud. I love it. I love that he called out Chemayev as well. Uh, that's a fight that's probably going to happen down the road. I know they're going to rebook Chemayev Leon Edwards at 170. But if Chemayev wants to pop up to 85, or even if Kevin Holland goes down to 70, which I think he should stay at 85, um, I love it. I love it. All right, Ciro Gagne versus Junior Dos Santos. Ciro Gagne got four stars for me. Dos Santos got one. Um, I really like Gagne's performance here. I think he looked really good. He moved very, very well. He was pot-shotting. Um, Dos Santos was loading up huge shots. He didn't get hit with really any of them. Throwing kicks to the leg, really throwing them off, spinning his hips. Uh, his movement is is on another level for being 7-0 and in MMA. Um, he looked great. He had a front choke at one point when when it was kind of a clinch situation, but other than that, it was it was it was a, perf- a flawless performance by Siragani, and then that elbow, which was completely legal, by the way. Fuck you if you thought it was unlegal or illegal. Um, when a fighter turns his head, there's nothing you could do. A fighter shouldn't turn his head to his back, and also it was right on the ear. Ears legal. Powerful, powerful shot put Junior Santos down, and then and that's all she wrote. Siragani. Ganya is going to be a problem at heavyweight. He got four stars. Junior Santos got one. You, you know, he just hasn't evolved. I think he's done. I think this is his last fight in the UFC. I think the UFC is not going to want to pay him that big contract. I think Bellator is scooping up all the UFC scraps at this point, and uh, Junior Santos is going to be one of them. Listen, they need heavyweights over there. Junior Dos Santos, Ryan Bader would be fun. Junior Santos versus that... Um, Litton Vissel, that steroided freak that fought over the weekend who beat Ronnie Marcos. Yeah, have him fight over there. Who cares? Um, I just don't think Junior Santos, even though he has a name, this is his third or fourth knockout loss in a row. Um, yeah, I think it, I, I just don't think you can. I don't think the UFC should need to pay to see him get knocked out, even though he does have a name and he can main event. But now you guys like Ghana, who's 7-0, who can main event. You're building new stars, and this is how you do it. All right, Cub Swanson versus Daniel Pineda. Love this fight. I love Cubby. 3-1. I had Cubby's underdog here. He's in a parlay, so I lost it. It is what it is, but still great performance by Cub. He got three stars. Pineda got one. Again, Cub should have probably got more, but that's his past, Brian, so don't yell at me. Pineda looked fucking huge in there. He looked enormous, and he gasped pretty quick. A lot of people steam Pineda here. This is the fight Devin and I split on. This is basically won me 
he's, he had Dos Santos as well, and I had gone in, but this is basically won me the pick him here. Um, I just thought Cub was going to come out and be a little too quick and, and just a little too mobile and win a decision. I, I had it over two and a half. I bet at that prop. Obviously, I lost that. Um, it was a fantastic fight. Performance by Cub Swanson. He looked lean in there. He looked fast. Pineda looked really big for 145. Huge. Maybe he was carrying too much muscle, too much weight, and that's why he gassed out. But uh, at the end of the first round, I thought Cub had him out of there. He was just a fucking punching bag. And then the second round, he KO'd him. That was Cub Swanson's first finish in a long time. Old vet, WC days. Uh, I haven't heard a bad thing about Cub Swanson. A lot of people like this guy. He's an exciting fighter. Probably a UFC Hall of Famer. If not, if he's not with his accolades because he's never been a champion, at least his fights, some of his fights will be in the Hall of Fame wing. Um, great performance by Cub. I thought he looked fantastic out there. He really moved really well and pot shot it well, and, and he put Pineda out, and uh, a, a lot of people were steaming Pineda here. They liked that number. Cub was uh, 136. I think I got him at 144. Um, so, yeah, so uh, Cubby, uh, Cubby's back, baby. I love it. And he's a, he's a name. You can put him in the main event. You can match him up with some of these young guys, and he can perform, and he's going to bring the best out of these young guys. I mean, he's a, he's a legit dude. He's really well-rounded. He has a name, and he's got a good look. He's marketable. He speaks well. And uh, I, I didn't tear up necessarily, but I did love his his post-fight with his, you know, he's got kids, and he said, I'm a Superman, so I had to go out there and win, and uh, that got me. That got me, boys. All right, next up, Rafael Faziz. Rafael Faziz versus Renate Mocano. Faziz gets three. Mocano gets two on the star system. I am Mocano. I lost this fight. Faziz, Faez, whatever you want to say his name is. He looked good. He looked really good. My problem with him is he starts a little slow. Mocano was a little too confident, right? Mocano thought he knew what he was going to do, right? Body kick. But when Faziz started throwing those combinations, body kick punches, Mocano just was lost, right? However, McConnell did land some straight punches. I think that's the biggest problem with Fazeev um, is he does get hit. He's been knocked out before in the UFC. I know it may be a fluke spinning back kick or back fist, but or maybe it was a back kick. I can't remember. Um, but McConnell, who, is, who appeared to be way slower, incredibly slow, um, still did land on Fazeev a couple times with right hands. It didn't buzz him or anything, but uh, McConnell, I felt like, didn't wrestle enough and wasn't acting enough and just stood in front of him and kind of waved him on. And then eventually that combination that put him out was just fucking vicious. It was awesome. Uh, a guy who I faded a little bit on this, um, who necessarily I didn't think was, is, is this world-class guy at 155. Maybe I'm going to change my tune a little bit. Mokano did go for some takedowns. Fazeev stuffed it. It wasn't like he, Mokano's this world-class wrestler, but at 155, you got to fucking have some wrestling chops if you want to be in there, especially with the kind of striker you are. You're going to have guys constantly wanting to take you down, so uh, it's important to really get on that game, and hopefully Fiaz or Fazeev, how you ever say his fucking last name, is on that. Um, he's going to three for me, though, right? Because, you know, do a little more, you'll get a four, maybe even a five. You want to sniff a five? Do a little more. All right, my underdog, Gavin Tucker versus Billy Q. Love this fight. Tucker got four, almost five. There's actually no five stars on this card, which I know is crazy. And now, again, talk to talk to Saturday, Brian. Uh, Gavin uh, Gavin Tucker looked fantastic. This is this is one of my, what I referenced earlier about handicappers breaking down fights, and they always bring up fights from three, four years ago, which, yeah, it's a small sample size. You can use that, but look in the fights in between. Like, if Gavin Tucker hasn't fought since the Rick, Rick Glenn fight, then he would have been a massive underdog, and I don't think anyone would have picked him. However, he has fought, and he's looked fucking fantastic, but people kept using that Rick Glenn fight. I even referenced it in the Billy Q fight because they're similar builds, Um, but Gavin Tucker is just sharp. I've been high on this kid um, before the Justin James fight. The Justin James fight just solidified it for me. Uh, He's he's, he's crisp in that fucking pocket. I mean, he's, he's defensively sound. He's been buzzed before. His chin maybe isn't the best in the world, but... He didn't let Billy Q really get him at all. Billy threw a couple big, uh, big overhand rights and looping right hands. But other than that, like he, his defense was flawless. He hit Billy Q with a ton of shots. His wrestling looked on point. His grappling, his positioning, he was never in a bad spot. He looked really fucking good. Um, my only critique, I guess I would give him five, but I can see why he didn't do it. Um, he, a lot of his punches don't have a lot of steam on them. His left hand is is beautiful. His, his his pocket presence when he's boxing is very flowy and smooth, and his head movement is just it's, it's really really good. If he just sat down a little bit, right? Because he's built pretty well for one forty five. If he sat down a little bit, put his hips into it a little more, I feel like he could be a puncher. He could he could crack. His uppercut is fantastic. 
Billy Q, though, however, is a fucking stud, so I can understand. You don't want to gas out against this cardio machine. This guy's going to keep coming forward, so I'm going to hit him on the pot shot him instead of throwing fucking heat and, and eventually gas out. It was a smart game plan. However, a big knockout over Billy Q would have would have went a long, long way at 145. Plus, I did take Tucker at plus 1,000 to knock out Billy Q. I went another 1,000 prop. I lost. The streak is over. I had streak at two. It was pretty impressive. Ten to one. Um, I had I had Tucker multiple ways. I knew he was gonna win. I had him straight up. I sprinkled the prop. I think I had him in a parlay as well. Um and and he looked fantastic. I, I really, really am high in this kid. The biggest issue when I tweeted this out is he's a little old. He's 34, right? He's in his prime right now. He's only got 14 fights. He needs to fight a little more active. He gets hurt a lot. He had to take three years off. Um, this is the time now to really start ramping it up. Next year, I wanted them to have three fights at 145. Three fights at 145 against three solid opponents, and, and obviously assuming he wins all those, he's we got a player at 145, but he has to fight actively. He can't miss a beat. He can't pull out of fights all the time, and he needs to stay healthy, which is easier than said than done. But again, high on Gavin Tucker. That's why I gave him as my underdog lock. Very confident in that pick. Um, yep, Tisha Torres with Sam Hughes. Tisha Torres is destroyed her. A lot of people thought Sam quit. She got her eye fucked up. Her corner stopped. And she didn't want to stop. It was kind of confusing. Listen, if you can't see after that first round, after getting an ass kicked by Tisha, who came out, who looked great, yeah, you got to stop it, right? I mean, who cares? Not much to say on this fight. Um, you know, I, I'm sure, I mean, Tisha's going to fight someone ranked, probably Angela Hill again, and Sam will probably get another shot here. Uh, I don't think she's one and done. All right, Chase Super versus Peter Barrett. Uh, excuse me, Tisha got a three. Sam got a one. And then uh, Chase Hooper versus uh, Peter Barrett. Did I say Sam Barrett? Peter Barrett. Slippery Pete. Chase Hooper got a two. Peter Barrett got a zero. I hated this fight. If I was Mark Delagrati in Peter Barrett's corner, whoever his other corners were, I would, I would make him. I would literally fire him from the team. Like I know that's so fucked up to say, but you go to ground with Chase Hooper. Who, again, isn't Rusamal Paul Hollers? Isn't Ryan Hall with leg locks, right? Yes, the kid's got good submissions. He's got long legs. He was doing Amari rolls. He was trying to get to the ground. But if you play that game and then get tapped out after a fight you were winning, I if I was Delagrati, I'd be like, dude, you're off the team. I can't coach you. What I mean, what is happening? You dominated every second of that fight, and then you play the ground game with this kid, and this kid pulls a rabbit out of his hat. His ass, like I would have fired him. I would have met your off team. We're, we're not riding together on the plane ride back. When we get back to Boston, you're out of the fucking gym. See a slippery Pete. Uh, he got a zero. The fight IQ is just absolutely horrible. After getting the shit kicked out of him by Uzisa Law, huge underdog here. I don't think Chase Super's good. I took a shot on Barrett. Um, I wasn't going to gamble it. I did. I regret it, obviously, now. Um, yeah, so fuck you, Peter Barrett. Chase Super, again, he got two stars. Kid Young. But he needs a long way to go. He's 10-1. and one. His striking is so bad. He's too hittable. His jiu-jitsu is good. But when you get in there with anybody worth a damn that's going to avoid the jiu-jitsu, you're going to be in a problem. You're going to get fucked up. You're going to get hurt. Um, he, I don't. I think he's staying in Washington. I know he went out to Ben Askren's school and, and, and did some videos with Ben Askren. I'm sure he did some wrestling training. But you need to get a Jason Perillo Rafael Cordero, Trevor Whitman type coach. If not those guys, you need to move because you're going to get fucked up. You're young enough and you have the skills on the ground and you have a good frame. You're tall, you're lanky, your kicks could be something, but you're going to get fucked up. All right, so that was UFC 256. I loved it. The one thing you can take away from this whole thing is I beat the living shit out of Devin Tata. Final pay-per-view of the year. <clears throat> our final pick them head-to-head of the year. I crushed them on the year. I mean, I'm the fucking king. I'm the king. Uh, um, <clears throat> he's going to fucking text me. I'm like, hey, it's not the Devin show. Quit get my name out of your mouth. And he'll, and he'll say some gay joke. I know that's coming, but I'll fucking deal with it when it comes. Um, Yeah, so the, the other thing right before I hopped on here, Yoel Romero signing with Pelotor. <laughs> Who cares? Uh, unless they book him with Rumble, I don't care. Yoel Romero is 44 years old and a little bit of a nutcase. I'm glad he's going to get paid some money from Bellator. And uh, there's some guys out there that I'd like to see him fight. He's going to fight at three different weight classes, Scott Coger said, 185, 205, and heavyweight. Sure, 
right? I want to see him fight Rumble. I want to see him fight Bader. Maybe have him fight Gegard at 185. I don't know if he can make 185 anymore if, if you're paying him fat checks and he's fought at 205. If he gets a little taste at 205, you know, I don't know if he's going to go to 85. But, you know, you know good, for, good for you all to get money. But uh, he, it's irrelevant because, you know, it, it's Bellator and there's there's just not enough talent yet. They're scooping up, scooping up, scooping up uh, the UFC s- scraps right now and they're going to get more. And I, I'm just going to love when... They put Junior Dos when Junior Dos Santos fought Blogger Ivanov in Boise, Idaho, like a year and a half ago. I remember the critics just, I mean, every media member was like, why am I watching? This is a joke. This is a joke. But when Bellator puts Junior Dos Santos versus like Roy Nelson uh, uh, in Connecticut, people are going to be like, you know what? Bellator is putting on a pretty good show. Like, fuck you. Bellator's got some talented guys. I want to see those guys coming over to UFC. I want to see AJ McKee. I want to see the pit bull. Well, one pit bull. The other pit bull brother stinks. We already got Chandler. Give us McKee. Give us Pico. Give us the 45 pit bull. We'll be all right. But the rest of you, you know, you can stay put. All right, that's the show, everybody. Um, pick them this week with Tim and uh devon subscribe to the podcast mma takes podcast on itunes you can do it on spotify mma takes podcast on twitter and instagram i'm trying to up my ig game i responded to a few dms over this weekend but i am more on twitter so uh if you want to follow me on twitter mma takes podcast on twitter uh rate and review guys no one's done it i'm getting upset you know what here it is here it is i'm putting the gauntlet down the next person to rate and review the podcast, right? And I'll check. I check, right? To get me the 23 ratings. Get me 23 reviews. I'll send you an MMA Takes Podcast t-shirt, right? For free. You you send it. You show me proof. I'll get your address. I'll send it to you, okay? You tell me your size. I'll whip it up. I'll make it for you. Let's go, okay? I'm throwing the gauntlet down. Who the fuck wants to do it? All right? Let's go. Woo! Do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? I said let her dance. Woo! 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 Come on, baby. Woo! Hey, we don't want to. Come on, motherfucker. Back. Come on. Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? Yeah. Who is that guy? He's good. He's real good. The name is Dollar.